Wait, wait, you have a startup. You're not working 80 hours a week? I'm going to tell your investors on you. <laughs> well, I, I know founders who are four or five years in, and they're like, oh, yeah, now, now we, I only work 80 hours a week. Personally, I'm a fan of work-life integration. The idea that there's an entitlement to your time. In the Valley, there's an expectation just that like developers work 50, 60 hour weeks. Let's say, hypothetically, you work 100 hours. And you're not going to be productive all 100 hours. It's ridiculous to suggest that there's no value in the next 40 after the first 40. Crunch time is you are expecting to get to the end of it. Burnout is the result of not seeing progress. I view crunch time as a failure in the release process. Hi, I'm Paul Berger, founder of CircleCI. I'm Edith Harva, CEO and co-founder at LaunchDarkly. And you're listening to To Be Continuous, a podcast about continuous delivery and software development. You can get in touch with us anytime at our Twitter handle, at ContinuousCast. The show is brought to you by Heavybit. To learn more, visit heavybit.com. And while you're there, check out their library, home to great educational talks from other developer company founders and industry leaders. So I guess today we're talking about working hours. Yeah, there's a couple of really interesting articles in VentureBeat recently. One from the president of the Game Developers Conference talking about how crunch time was an issue. Mm-hmm. And then a, really, a, a bad thing. A bad uh, thing. Okay. A bad thing. And then a second response saying that crunch time was something that people should not only expect but relish. Okay. I, I would be interested to, to see why should you expect and relish crunch time. So the second time article was basically saying, well, people who work in games should be passionate about their games. And as such, they should expect to be working, you know, basically seventy to hundred hours every week. Gotcha. This is this is the. I, I can't help but feel that like Marx would have something to say about this. That would be that would be particularly relevant. Well, it's funny because this guy, the second guy, actually took a very Marxian uh, slant. He's like that you shouldn't be a wage slave. Uh huh. And then he twisted that argument back upon itself. He's like you shouldn't be a wage slave. You should expect to work really hard because you consider yourself an owner of your company. I see. Except you're not an owner of your company. The owner. I mean, so so as as an owner of my company, I I feel that the sort of when when people complain that there's no mission involved, that that you know, I I disagree strongly. You should be working at a place that 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 is like mission driven, and and I I very much am a fan of. Personally, I'm a fan of work-life integration. Uh, although Circle ended up being much more work-life separation, but. I'm also not particularly sympathetic to the idea that like you should be doing this or that like 70 to 100 hours a week is is anything that's justified. Reading through that article, it seemed like pure exploitation. Well, and, and the games industry in general seems like pure exploitation. Well, it was basically, so, so the of the article was like, well, you love games, so you should love games so much you spend all your time on them. But I think that's very short-sighted for a couple different reasons. It assumes that all, like let's say hypothetically, you work 100 hours. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to be productive all 100 hours. Right, right, right. I, I have a friend who he was working at a small startup, mm-hmm. and they said we expect you to work 80 hours a week. Okay, and so he he quit the next day. I presume. Well, he said we expect you to work 80 hours a week. Okay, and we know that the last 40 will not be as productive, but that's fine. We're so, still getting value. So I I think that it's ridiculous to suggest that there's no value in in the next 40 after the first 40 right the the 41st hour is almost as good as the 40th the 42nd is is you know pretty good as well and you're definitely not going to get twice as much but the problem i have there is is the idea that there's an entitlement to your time yeah i think that I mean, there's some entitlement to your time right that that's that's what you're paying for but the, 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 there's a reason we ended up at at you know 40 hours a week and 
in the valley, there's an expectation just in tech in general that that like developers work 50, 60 hour weeks, and everyone in it works 50, 60 hour weeks, and that's kind of on the upper range of, of what I think is reasonable. But to suggest 80 hour weeks is exploited. It's it's just pure exploitation. Yeah, and then you know what happened is my friend quit that job. Good, good. The, the next day, I hope. Well, no, it was it was sad because he's like, oh, let me try this for a little bit. You know, it'll mean. You know, because he used to go home and code at night on his side projects. Right, right, right. So when he's like, I'll just stop coding on my side projects. Right. So he tried it and he's like, I can't do this anymore. So I, I think these companies that try to do these crazy hours, they just have a different mentality of we will grind out people. Sure. And, and, and you see this in Amazon a little bit. So Amazon had that, uh, had that culture document where you know, generally the, the, the view that I've seen of Amazon is, is that they, they grind through people. And some people survive in that. I think they would describe it as high pressure, but let's just call it exploitative, exploitative. environment. Yeah, and and some people don't. Yeah, I mean, I disagree with it fundamentally. Um, I read a good response. So he said, "It's basically great. You want me to work a hundred percent more hours than my salary originally mm-hmm. was supposed to be for? Yeah, I don't get double pay." Right, right, right. And it's it's funny because you know the, there's already a disproportional leverage that you get from from working in software. So all, often the, the the person producing uh, you know, producing the code is, is producing ten or twenty times the value that that they're actually being paid for. Yeah, but the thing is, when you're working eighty or so, I used to work those crazy hours. I mean, um, I literally remember I would wait, wait. You 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 have a startup. You're not working eighty hours a week. Oh, I mean, crazy hours. I'm going to tell your investor. <laughs> so uh, I'll tell one story and then I'll tell a second story. You know, I used to get up. I would go to work. I would work till the bark stopped running, which was midnight, I would go home and I would sleep six hours, I would mm-hmm. go back to work. Okay. And then I would come in and I would work on Sundays. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I got a lot done, but it was miserable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the reason that we're referring to it as exploitation is, is that it's just, it burns you out, it's completely unsustainable, there's like, it affects you physically, it affects you mentally, and, and you're miserable. If people worked 80 hours a week and were happy, then I don't think we'd call it exploitation. Yeah, I mean, so IBM in Austin was notorious for this. Um, so when I lived in Austin, like, um, you know, so Austin was a place where they actually filmed Office Space. Okay. So you, have you have you seen Office yeah, Space? Of course, of course. Oh, I, I never know. I mean, you're Irish. We we get movies there too. Really? Yeah. So the joke in uh, Office Space is the, hmm, you're gonna have to come in on Saturday. Right. But it was true. Like I had friends who worked at IBM, and like they would get a memo like we have mandatory Saturdays. Like, wow. We will check that you're at your desk. Yeah, and I mean, my, my my friend said it was just a miserable time because like everybody had to be there. Okay, and it wasn't. And then they just were, were were they working or were they just like there? At, at the end, they were just like, well, fuck this, like because right. literally they were told like we will go around and we will count who's at the desks. So there's a practice that I do agree with, which is similar to this, or sort of looks similar externally to this, and and, and that's like a work life integration. I think that especially when you're in the early years of your career and you're let's say you're working at a startup, a you're probably going to love your job. You're probably going to be like accomplishing things and learning at this incredibly vast rate and you're probably going to like really really benefit from working 60 to 80 hour weeks. Well, so the sad part about me back when I used to come in and work on Sunday, part of it was that I lost touch with everybody who I didn't work with. Mm. Right, right. So, so the, the, I would literally is, be like, I don't have anything to do today because, right. like, I don't have any friends anymore. So, so let me is, go into work, and like, it was really sad. 
this is why I refer to it as work life integration because I think that the people who work for these companies often like you see you see a lot of people moving to San Francisco after college and and they make friends with everyone they work with and so they they work with them they hang out with them in the evening they go out partying with them on on weekends they they go hiking together on Sundays you know this is it like, was like that except for the not working part okay you just worked all the time we just worked all the time right, right, right. like literally all the time right yeah so it was ultimately a very Depressing look back on, right? So, uh, I mean, th- th- this is kind of the problem that there's versions of this which are awesome, and there's versions of this which are not awesome. And whether they're awesome or not is is often a function of where you are in your life at that time and and how you want to be. Yeah, and I think also, uh, so you said, I'll tell your investors. I mean, I think there's definitely a time in every company's cycle when they do have a crunch time. Right, exactly. When you are like, here is when I need to put my foot on the gas and move. And but I think every company has that time when they're like, hey, we need to work a little bit harder. Right. But the the difference is whether this is a time when we need to put the so that's the original article about crunch yeah, time yeah, yeah. is then you go to perpetual crunch time. Right. Perpetual crunch time is is ridiculous and soul destroying. It should probably be illegal. But I hundred percent agree that if you're in a startup, that you have to have times where you're like, hey. Like, right, I mean, right. I mean, I regularly. So, so sometimes you, you, there, there's a deadline that you have to hit. Right? There's a there's a demo coming. There's a presentation. There's a launch. Like, so you, you see a lot of startups that have moved away from the idea of, you know, roadmaps and launches and deadlines and that sort of thing. It's like we'll ship it when it's ready. GitHub is a good example of this, or GitHub in the old days is a good example of this. And I'm not sure if they still subscribe to that philosophy. And I think that I think that that sort of thing makes a lot of sense, but sometimes. It just well, there, I, there is a deadline for some external reason, and you have to hit it. And I think for me, I mean, not, not to talk about me, I firstly feel the weight very much, you know, because I'm the oh, founder. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, yeah. You know, it's like there's, I always feel like there's something more I could be doing, right? You, and you feel, you feel like physical pain, or at least I did, at like, you know, something that's wrong with your product, or or something that like isn't shipping, or or a customer emailing you with a problem. It's like. It hurts to to feel that sometimes. Yeah, it's like there's always more you could be doing. Right. Uh, so it is very hard as a founder to to not burn out. Right. And especially like the first few years as a founder are really tough. Yeah. Um, after a certain number of of years, or once you've hit certain milestones, or the company has enough people, or you've you've farmed out your role to to enough other people that you can take a little bit of a break. But I I know founders who are four or five years in, and they're like, oh yeah, now, now we I only work eighty hours a week. Yeah, I mean, it was really nice. We just um, so I've been doing all our sales, mm-hmm. and we just have too much for me to handle. Mm-hmm. Like, I literally can't take a break because yeah. people start emailing me like, "Where's our quote?" Yeah, like we want to buy. And yeah. so I was very, very happy because we hired our first salesperson. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I can finally like when I go to a conference, I don't have to basically work a double shift. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of you know, you at the conference, then you go home and you work another eight hours. Yeah, yeah. So you wrote a pretty inflammatory article that got a lot of hacker news. The, the, this is the news tilt one, like six years ago or something. Yeah. Yeah. So the, 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 that got a lot of flame, but all right. So the the article um, was called "Why We Shut Down News Tilt," and it was the company I did uh, about six years ago is in a space I shouldn't have been, and, and all, <laughs> all, all, all sorts of problems with it. I actually really like that blog piece. Oh, thank you. Uh, um, it's it's on a, it's about news tilt and the lessons that Paul learned. Right. So inherently, it was, it was a blog post by failure. Like, what, what, why didn't we get it? Why didn't we make it work? Why didn't it work? What was wrong with it? And what did we learn from it? And I remember at the time, a lot of people said, like, you shouldn't publish this. Did you think it was because it was like now everybody's like 
it's like one of the pinnacles of Maslow's hierarchy is to publish a medium piece about your failure. <laughs> right, right, right. I'm a failure hipster. I, was, I failed before it was cool. <laughs> so, <laughs> so one of the reasons I'm very happy to have published this is like uh, I get emails every now and then. They've kind of died down, but at one point I was getting one every like few months or so of people who are saying like, you know, my company is not doing too well. I, I don't know what to do. And just like feeling this massive amount of stress, they're they're in perpetual crunch time, but they're sort of like banging their head against a brick wall. And one of the things that I feel about crunch time in general and, and burnout in general is that burnout is the result of not seeing progress. Yeah. And the way that relates to crunch time is is crunch time is is a sort of like you are expecting to get to the end of it. You will have a launch. You will have a. You will have an event, and then you will take two days off, and and you will go whitewater rafting yeah. or something, um, and then you'll come back refreshed to start like a more meaningful or, or you know slower pace or normal pace sort of thing. And so, if you can never see the end of that crunch time, then then there's burnout is is inevitable and, and very very quickly. Yeah. Well, it's like for me, I was like, so we had these crazy releases. We were mm-hmm. trying to put out. I was working these crazy hours. I basically lost touch with all of my friends because right. you know if somebody asks you three times to do something, every time you say no, yeah, then then they stop asking you. Yeah, yeah. And so finally, like I just literally took some time off. I was like, I need to take some time off. Mm-hmm. It was very helpful, right? I think so. I think there's nothing wrong with crunch time. I think what's wrong with it is the perpetual crunch time, and I think that's just management basically not not recognizing that they need to invest in people or not caring or I don't know. I think there's this idea. That crunch time is necessary, and I view crunch time as a, as a failure in in the release process. I've, I view it as a failure of management to plan. Right, right, right. Like the, and and the people who get punished are are the people who didn't cause the problem. Yeah, well, it's basically so. I mean, that's part of why I'm such a big fan of continuous delivery. Mm-hmm. It was because you what would used to happen is you would have these. The reason why we had crunch time is we had this massive year long release. And the longer it took, the more stuff we wanted to put into it. Right. The more the more crunchy it gets as a result. Because like all our competitors are moving forward, yeah, yeah. and it's like, well, we haven't done a release it for a long time, so it needs to be even more. Yep. And yep. it got to the point where, um, so my manager actually had three schedules. Okay. He had a schedule. He would show it a marketing where everything was fine. Mm-hmm. He had a marketing a schedule which was engineering's, which was like everything is completely fucked up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And like so, he basically kept these parties very carefully separated. Why? Because he was basically—I mean, he—he he had a complete mental breakdown. Like he was trying to show everybody that like everything was okay. Okay. So to marketing, he would say like everything's perfectly on schedule. Yeah. To engineering, he like he would be, he would agree like we were completely fucked. I mean, sure, surely this is a disaster. For this both. was a disaster. Okay. Okay. Right. This was a disaster. I thought I thought this was being held up as like how to how to carefully manage no, that, that. No, it was a complete disaster because marketing kept trying to squish much more stuff in, and engineering is like, what the fuck? Right. 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 And right. I was and like eventually the guy got fired and had a mental breakdown. In that order. No mental breakdown that fired. Oh but, yeah. Then, but then. it was it was a bad situation. Right. So I I think in the games industry, right. So I have I have a friend who's who's in the games industry and she she's going through this sort of thing now. There's a there's a release coming and so it's just, you know, you're you're working late, you're 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 spending time a lot more time. And my sense on it in in some of the things that I've heard is is like does that really need to ship the first time? Like the games industry is is moving to or, or in many cases has moved to a model where like patches are expected. Yep. A lot of the work is being done in the server anyway. Yep. It, you're, you're no longer putting something on a gold disk and shipping it for a certain date. Yep. Now, something very often still goes on a gold disk and, and, and ships at a certain date. 
But if the last three levels of the game didn't ship on day one and instead were included in the thing that, that went out a week later, probably no one would notice. I mean, that, that's what we ended up doing on the project I was talking about. We had a lot of um, delegated administration, mm-hmm. basically allowing people to pass permissions on to other people. Okay. And we just decided to not ship that at all the first release. Like exactly. Everybody right. was a super admin. You 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 cut things that, that you need. And and everyone who who is making who is in the product market fit, minimal viable product part of the world sees that, right? Well, you know, they, they, this, they, this, this was in two thousand. Okay, wow, okay, well the, impressive. So I mean, and that was kind of my first that's why I was such a convert to right. lean and yeah. product market. So it's like we were killing ourselves to build something right. before we even really knew the market. So games have this strong idea of what they're going to ship. Right? They know already because there's there's well-defined genres, they do a lot of playtesting and they do get, you know, one launch event. So that there, there's a feeling that things have to be probably a lot more perfect than they really have to be. Well, I think that's interesting because you could really decompose games, like because mm-hmm. games take a while to progress through levels. Right, right, right. So a really interesting lean game would be to just like build the first three levels. And many games don't even have levels, right? Many, many games are are you continually play Bejeweled or yeah. you're in a multiplayer MMORPG, right? And there's this things that are released late, but there's also game dynamics that are released late. Yeah, I mean, every Zingo is the king of that. Exactly. So, so every game today has economies that they experiment with. Well, just lots and lots of experiments. Yeah. And so they could cut a lot of the what they're going to ship. And, and they and they do. I mean, and, the, and and they do. And I would argue maybe not enough. So Zinger is really interesting. Part of why they were so successful is their first thing was just, can we draw people into this game at all? Mm-hmm. And then let's start experimenting on the game mechanics, but just can we get sh- people to show up to play? Right. And I think they um, they took advantage of a lot of Facebook mm-hmm. loops that just are not available anymore. Right, Mainly because right. Facebook is like, why are we leeching all this money to Zynga mm-hmm. instead of keeping it? But we drifted far away from your postmortem. Your oh, I yeah, failed yeah. before it was cool. So I think the thing that you're pointing to in, in that blog post is something I said that was very controversial that people did not like. And that was there was uh, there was an engineer that we were looking to hire, and we had just met, we had just started working with him. Like we're, we're within within a week of of starting to work with him. So you'd hired him. It was it was either hired or on the cusp of hiring, or or in in that sort of nebulous, you know, first employee. Are we working together? Are we are we not? Sort of sort of period. So, so this was this was back when you know we, we we had very little funding. You know, it was it was much more. It was much less concrete than than things were later, and so I said in the article that it was a Sunday and he wasn't willing to work or he, he didn't yeah. want to work or something like that. And so the point that, that that I had been trying to make was like he he didn't seem that into it. Yeah, he didn't seem that into the startup. Didn't seem that into the product. And as an example, I sort of summarized as well to say you know on a Sunday, but it was it was a, it was a Sunday where we were all in the same place and me and my co-founder were working on it and he was he was there. But he just wasn't really into. So he, he wasn't into the product, right? Yeah. He wasn't into the startup. He wasn't into the whole thing. And the people who complained about what I said said like, "Oh, you shouldn't be expecting people to to work Sundays and and all that jazz." And I agree with those people. I, I definitely come uh, sort of down the middle between the people who are, who are staunchly, you know, there are forty hours a week, and no one will ever think about their employer outside those forty hours. And on the other side, the people who, 
you know, think crunch time is is necessary. So I, I, I'm down for like a practical middle of like you shouldn't have people burn out, but at the same time, people should be. I generally prefer to people who are on mission. Yeah. And day one of a startup mission does involve a little crunching usually. Yeah, I mean, I think I agree with you as I always do. I think um, crunch time should be for emergencies and should be avoided at all costs. Yeah, not all costs. Not not, not all costs. Yeah, yeah. There is a cost. I mean, it, it's debt. In in uh, I know it's sleep debt. It's it's burnout debt. It's you know it's, it's one of those things. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I was going to say this might be a tangent, which means it is a tangent. I'm kind of burnt out on running. Like I just decided I was running too much, mm-hmm. and I. Well, you did fifty miles last week, right? I did fifty miles. It's a lot of miles. It wasn't really the physical cost of it, mm-hmm. like because like I, I rode my bike to work. Um, yeah. It was more. It's just like wow, I've been on my feet for thirteen hours. I would rather be spending that time doing something else. Right. And I guess when you're when you're running, you're you know there's all these like work thoughts going through your head. It's like oh, I really have to send that email. I have to you know I really want to ship that product or respond to that thing. You have the idea in your head, and then by the time you get there, it's like thirteen hours have passed, and you're exhausted and. Yeah, I was like, I would be much happier if I'd gone running for like, you know, four or five hours. Right. And then worked for eight hours. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's still a lot of hours. Yeah, but I mean, like, yeah. I guess what I'm trying to say is, I, I my work is now more exciting than my running. Right, right. Because I'm like, gosh, I, I want to get all this stuff done at work. Well, I'm it, like, it's I'm a good time when, when that stuff is happening. Because <laughs> there's, there's, there's some parts of, of doing a startup where it's like, oh, I really want to do anything else other than address the thing I need to address. I guess there's nothing like running 50 miles in the rain to make you want to go back to work. <laughs> I think, as always, we're in agreement. Are, right. are there any angles we haven't looked at for this crunch time and how it fits back into continuous delivery? I think there's two things. So, one is bad, bad planning, bad management. Well, right? there's, there's, two, there's two factors bad management and bad planning. And if you um, combine those two, it's a furnace. Let, let me try that again. There's a bad culture. Right. So people who have a culture where it's like, you know, sometimes we work late to ship a product. I'm totally fine with that. But anyone who's who's espousing crunch time as a permanent state of affairs or sort of like looks down on the peons coding in their caves to like produce more products, peons. And one there was one that I saw recently that there was um so that uh, do you know Alex St. John? Yeah. Yeah. So he he had a he had a blog post. Oh, that was uh, a presentation. Yeah, right? that it was, was, it was wow. Yeah, I know, right? Well, wow on so many levels. I so I I read Alex St. John's stuff in like the nineties when he had the back page in like PC Gamer or PC Hardware or something like that, <laughs> right? He was talking about like DirectX and and what it did with games. And I was like, oh my god, this guy's amazing! And he almost made the the template for what would become Evangelus, yeah, uh, the entire evangelism space. But when you read that thing, you're like, "Holy shit!" Like, I, I'm amazed anyone would say this in public. Unless, I mean, some people think it, I guess. But like, to put it in a presentation and why did you think it was so retro? Like, because like everything about it was just so like s- stereotypes. Yeah, so it, it was just pure stereotypes. I mean, the obvious one is like get the girlfriend or wife on board, and like you know, assumption one that the engineer is is always male, which and male and straight. Male and straight, and so that, that that may be a thing which is still statistically valid, but I think we're we're certainly at a place in the industry where it's where it's not okay to say that anymore, or to perpetuate that stereotype anymore. And then the idea, just like oh, we're we're gonna we're gonna hire these little Aspie kids, and we're gonna put them in a cave, and we're gonna work them until they quit. 
and and it's like here's how to offset the economics of of hiring a more experienced person. We'll, we'll just give them five more kids. Well, that was that was um so that the, wrong. the the beginning story when I talked about the friend who was working eighty hours. Mm-hmm. He also had like he would hire kids out of Waterloo. Mm-hmm. You know, so Waterloo has a co-op program. Yeah, Waterloo's right, right. in yeah, Canada, yeah, yeah. so he would hire like ten college kids who really didn't know much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the theory that with like ten cheapest kids, he can. Im- Reproduce one experienced person, but right. really, what you have is chaos. And one experienced person is much cheaper than ten kids. Yeah, and what you have when you have 10, 19 year olds yeah. is chaos. So it's it's interesting because I think the games industry is one of these places where kids grow up really being into games. And that was, and so that the, was the, the point of the article, right, right? Well, if you love games, you should put the time in. Well, if you love games, that doesn't mean that you should be exploited. Yeah, right. Because people love games so much, it makes them ripe for basically yeah, being exploited. Yeah. And I did some time in the games industry just when I finished college, and I saw like this. You know, the pay is much, much worse. The working hours are fucking terrible, but you do get you know a lot of cultural benefits. It's a lot more casual and kind of what you're looking for. And I think one of the great things about about San Francisco and Silicon Valley is that it has all the upsides of that of that casual culture without exploiting you. Yeah, I mean, for our own company, I mean, um, I've tried to follow the advice. So I had an ex an ex boss named Anne Dwayne. She's brilliant, like just absolutely brilliant. One of the best things I did was work for her. And I remember when I showed up to work. It was my you know my first week, and I'm like, well, Anne, you know what hours should I be working? She, and she said, I don't care. Right, and right. I'm right, like, right. what? And she's like, I'm very results driven. Mm-hmm. Like you know, increase our revenue by fifteen percent this year. Twenty percent would be better. Right. And I don't care what hours Go. you work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I was yeah. like. Okay, and I went off and I increased her revenue by about twenty. I think actually twenty five percent. Right. But she's like, I'm not. I don't care if you get here at eight thirty or nine thirty. Like, that's not my bag. Yeah. Uh, she's very formal, so she didn't say that's not my bag. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have a friend who who has mandatory office hours in in his company, and the 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 hours are something like. Ten to seven or nine, 10 to, nine seven? to seven, something like that. I thought you were gonna say like, like. I know, I know what you're thinking, right? It's like everyone should be in the office noon to two, so we can collaborate and have meetings yeah. during that time. Like, like, right. like no, I no, ask that, a, that, that's not it. Ten and, to seven, right, right. And the thing mandatory. is mandatory, right, right, right. And I'm amazed, but it appears to be working for him in terms of As, uh, he's he's able to hire people. The people are high morale. They're they're delivering a lot. They're enjoying themselves. I mean, I personally don't know if I would enjoy that. I, I don't. I don't think I would either. But I, I, th- I think he's also looking to hire very. There is a persona that he's looking for, which is sort of the Bain analyst kind of persona, yeah. and then that that, that that that's his background as well. And I think I think they work well in that kind of culture, or at least that's my understanding. But I would I would be out the door. Yeah, I mean, so for my company, like, um, we have people who have kids, and sometimes like so they take every Wednesday morning off, which is right. great. Yep. And they work like Sunday afternoon. Yep. And so, like, you might say, "Oh, we're exploiting them because they're working Sunday afternoons." It's like, no, like, right, right. I'm like, I like, you get some time with your family on Wednesday. Yeah. Now there is a downside with that in in that most people I know, if you ask them to do something on Sunday evening, it's like, oh, I can't. I've I've got a bit of work to do. And so that that's like this refrain that I hear everywhere because certainly you know people take a little bit of time off to do their to do their personal stuff, but like the. Work becomes all-encompassing. I mean, even just the fact that you have email or, or that people oh. speak to each other on Slack. You check your board. You check your work email. You start to think about work. You know, I'm you, really you know, bad. Yeah, people I'm, people don't I'm, get as much time off. They don't get as much time to clear their heads and and think about things that aren't work. And some people enjoy that. And 
even the people who enjoy that feel stress and burnout as a result of it. Yeah, I think or contributes at least. I think Slack was supposed to save us, but it's made yeah, things worse. I don't think it did. Yeah, the kind of having it's this always on thing. It's this always on thing that you feel you constantly have to keep up with as well. You feel you have to read the backtrace and and it's not threaded. It's not threaded, and that's the thing that kills me. So even if you have so you can thread rooms, to channels, kind of. Yeah. But then, like, so if you're following, like, you know, so so for us, like, it's like, oh, we we're discussing a support ticket, and then there's a bunch of gifts, then we start talking, and it's like, yeah, 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 yeah. There's no end to the conversation. Yeah. So I, I think threading is a reasonable technical solution, but there there's just a problem in our not not just our industry but in in the li- in our lives the fact that we're carrying a computer around with us all yeah, the time all the time yeah and if it's not if it's not work that's pinging you it's like you know that the, there's just lots of messages that you have to reply to and lots of things you you have to do i turned your, off my your, your your co-host telling you it's tuesday i turned off my email notifications about 3 years ago oh, that must on have my phone felt so good and then i turned off all notifications about a month ago I've just started to try to wean myself into turning on Do Not Disturb at night. Oh, so you, there's a setting on your iPhone where where you can turn on Do Not Disturb automatically, and so I have it go from twelve oh one a.m. until twelve a.m. So it's just like permanent Do Not Disturb. Wow. Yeah. Is this? Huh. And if I if I turn off Do Not Disturb, which you know, I'm waiting for a call, waiting for a text, and you know whatever, um, it'll it'll get turned on again at night. Wow. Yeah, it's great. Highly recommend it. This is why you look so relaxed. I thought it was just. I a think. Lot. I think it is why I look so relaxed. I, thought it was, I mean, I also gave up sugar for April. I thought it was a launch darkly shirt that made you look so cool, well, thank but, you, it's, but it's really the it's really the do not disturb. It's either the the sugar or lack thereof, or the fact that I'm sleeping well, or the fact that I turned off the notifications. I, I'm not sure which. Yeah, all of it, all of it, or the haircut. That could be it too, or the fact that I'm not in perpetual crunch time. <laughs> I think to tie it all back to continuous delivery. Well, let me let me. Go away from continuous delivery. I think the combination of poor management, poor culture, and poor planning sometimes cause a bonfire of crunch time. Yeah, yeah. Where it's basically this culture of like, well, people work eighty hours a week. What if they did that all all the time? Right. And I, I generally come down to, to planning as as the the problem here. Well, that with with better. I don't want to say PMing, but the, just. Choose better what you ship. You probably don't need to spend all that time. Or refuse to have a culture. Yes. Which yeah. says that this is. Well, the, 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 two, the two work together nicely. Yeah. Thanks for listening to this episode of To Be Continuous, brought to you by Heavybit and hosted by me, Paul Bigger of Circle CI, and Edith Harbaugh of Launch Darkly. To learn more about Heavybit, visit heavybit.com. While you're there, check out their library, home to great educational talks from other developer company founders and industry leaders. Thank you.